Good morning, Tisha. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I am glad to hear that you are fantastic. Good. So summer is, I'm good. I'm wonderful. It's September is next week. I cannot believe the entire summer has flown by. September is next week. The, the summer has flown by and none of us have really been able to like travel really. And that's something. Usually it flies by because we're going to 50 million places. But <laughs> now I guess it's flown by because we got 50 different scenarios to figure out. <laughs> At least 50, right? On how to I mean, thrive. <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, you know, your, your, your children are, are, college, are in college. My children are still in high school. So, um, and I think, and I think the uh, impact is a little different in terms of how the, how from parental perspective, how you plan for what they're going to do. Um, what, though, I don't know if your kids are going to online classes or going back into, into the, into the college campus. My kids are starting only for a few weeks, supposedly at home and then going back, but that all, that all, who knows how it will bear out, but that affects our businesses too, right? It affects everything that we do. It does. Yeah. So they are starting online both. Um, and you know, I, I realized that as your children get older and I, and I guess as long as they're like in some form of education, <clears throat> at least at this stage, that they still, there, there are things that they still need from you. So, you know, like Jasmine calls me at 1130 because for whatever reason, she could not get her FAFSA to, to go through. And so she's called the people. And it's 1130. Here, you hear what I said? <laughs> Wait, let me guess. It's two at midnight. And I'm like, we had all day, but okay. So she calls and she's like, I'm on the phone. You won't believe what it was, mom, because, because we all call you Kisha, but your first name actually begins with an L. And I was putting in, I said, but we've, it's the same form we've done all this time. Anyway, it, she got it worked out. And yes, yeah, she was a little like frantic. She, the first time she attempts to contact me, I'm like taking a shower and I hear her like screaming for her room because right now she's kind of in isolation. So she's like, mom, mom, answer FaceTime. I'm on the phone with the fast one people. <laughs> and I was like, I am in the shower and it is going to have to wait. <laughs> so their emergencies still seem like major emergencies. Okay. Fair anyway, enough. Fair son enough. of parenting. You know, it just, but I see, I see people, and I think it's in all aspects of their life. Uh, certainly right now, that's, that's a, a super significant concern in the, in the immediate moment, right? Uh, because people are worried about how they're going to deal with that. But I think overall, I think there is, uh, the unknown is so, uh, difficult to deal with in the best of circumstances. And then you put the unknown, you put it in this situation where it, you know, I don't want to be over, overly dramatic, but it can be life or death. It can have all these kinds of impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking about the, I was thinking about the, the, the people in South Louisiana who, because yeah. I remember going through, I remember <clears throat> hurricanes. I've gone through that. I've gone through the anxiety and the stress of having to evacuate because of an impending storm, mm-hmm. not knowing if I'm going to come back to a house or a foundation. Right. Um, and then, and then why not just layer that in on top of COVID? And, oh, if I go to a shelter, I may have to be surrounded by people. And who knows if they have COVID? I mean, 
That's right. I mean, laugh like funny laugh, but you're absolutely correct. That stress has to be just off the charts. Right. And so how do you, you know, when I think about that, so yesterday or this week has been fairly busy for us. And, um, and so one of my team members, she said, she's like, oh my gosh, how do you stay calm? I feel like everything is, I said, because you can only deal with what you have in front of you. And that doesn't mean there have been times that I've cried through what's in front of me, but we can either get up in arms and that's very easy to do, or you just quiet yourself and realize this is frustrating. So the issue was yesterday, the, our almond flour had too much oil in it, the shipment that came in and the macarons were not coming out right. And let me tell you something, that process is already laborious. So then to have to have them not come out right is adds even more stress. Okay. And then we're down a person. And so I'm sitting there thinking, she's like, well, what are you thinking? Cause she's looking at my face. I said, I'm working through ratios and scenarios. I said, because there's, there's a balance between the meringue and the almond flour. The meringue has to be suspended within the almond flour in a certain way. So, so there's something off about the weight of that. So I think I need to, I said, so an adjustment needs to be made for the weight to be less so the meringue can suspend. And so that was the frustration. She was frustrated about the batches that were, that we had to redo. And I was just like, we've got to find a solution. So that's what I told her. I said, in the midst of things when they're going crazy, there's a solution somewhere. And it may not always be the one that we want, but it is the one that works best. Yeah, no, absolutely. It also makes me think that when, and so you understood what the situation was, you were inside of it and you were helping to solve for the problem. But it makes me think about the fact that we don't know what everyone was going through everyone's mind. We don't know what stresses people bring or are, are, right. are having maybe outside of our interaction with them. Right. And, and I do think that when tensions are high, people fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. Um, our patience is, is, is tested, right? Yes. Um, it, it can take less to set us off. How about that? Is that fair? It does take less to set us off. So what I'm talking about is at the point, what I'm saying is that even in the midst of stressors, like I feel like, like when there's a, something happening, when there's a crisis, there are helpers. There are people who show up and immediately begin to help, right? There are helpers. There are crisis management people. Those are people who come in and they're like, okay, this is very stressful and I'm at like a hundred, right? But I can dig into the place where I don't have to be at a hundred and, and be a calming force for everybody. And then you usually have the one over in the corner running circles around. Cause they're like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Right? Uh-huh. So you, typically it's all those people at one time. And as a leader, um, when it is like that, let's say at a thousand, because yesterday it was at a thousand for me, but I have all these people looking at me, right? And so I, it, it's, it's like you said, they're having thoughts in their head, but I've got to, and I did not know the solution initially because we had done a lot of other tests before I got, we got to this place. So it's still an unknown thing. Ultimately, though, we've got to get to solution. If there's a hurricane coming, you've got to get to safety. So my point is, is that when that happens, your goal, your mindset needs to be, we've got to get to safety, not sometimes like grab the best China, grab Auntie Susie's photos, whatever it is, fine, do that. But your goal is to get to safety. When you can focus on that, it is, it lays down some of the other anxiety, not all of it, but it mitigates some of it. Sure. Uh, I think that's absolutely the case. And, and, and that and that um, ability to 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 stop and pause and breathe 
has a huge uh, way of influencing that as well, right? Right. So you had so, the what if, and maybe that's a practice in crisis, right? So you have had to evacuate. And when that happened, we can get stuck. We are like, what if this, right? What if, but you were like, I don't know if I'm going to come back to this or this, but the safety of my family had to have needed to take precedent and so then you packed up i'm sure what you could and then you left um oh i remember i remember <laughs> taking 16 hours to get from from savannah to atlanta uh or making or no wherever we went and it, was, it was uh anyway place called a little town called Milledgeville. where um but uh yeah it was um yeah trust me i remember those days and uh, I, and I really was feeling for those people because I thought just add this extra stressor on top of it, yeah. but yeah. you know, but then, yeah. you know, that makes me think a little bit because, uh, you and I are reading the ride of a lifetime by, by Bob Iger yes. and he is a very calm, he's a very calm guy. His whole preface to his book is, um, is about him being in Shanghai for the opening of World of Walt Disney World China or Shanghai, mm -hmm, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And so that's already a stressful situation because years in the making, the first investment in in you know with, in cooperation with the Chinese government. I mean, he's got all those stresses going on to begin with. Yes. Right. And then all of a sudden, he finds out about, about crises going on back in uh in orlando mm -hmm. between the pulse nightclub shooting and being concerned that some of his employees may have been uh there at the time as, as along with some kid who gets who gets uh taken in and eaten by by an alligator uh, on property at one of the disney hotels yeah. that alone's gotta <laughs> be enough <laughs> that's gotta be enough <laughs> yes no but i but i but he now i don't i I don't know the man. I know that you that that uh, you've studied him more, but mm -hmm. he comes across he comes across calm in the moment of crisis, and it's probably why he was a very successful leader. And he talks about that as well. He talks mm -hmm. about his, you know, being calm in in crisis. Mm -hmm. Yes, I um I do like Bob, and I, I would say that throughout his book, um, the examples he's given about um what happens in crises and then um, his openness to accept responsibility. I think there are a lot of things about what I like about his leadership style. And also I've, I've watched his masterclass a couple of times, <laughs> maybe more than a couple, but I've watched it. And, <laughs> and so I, I wonder if part of what that is are his um, disciplines. So he works out in the morning before he opens an email. I think that creates a, a level of calm before you enter into your day. You settled some things off the bat just mentally, right? And and then however he gets through his days, but surround himself with a good team, take responsibility for his actions as a leader, whether they're good or not good. Um, how he treats people, which is I think our quote for the day about being decent, treating people with decency. Uh, and, and understanding where people are coming from, but not losing sight of the overall goal and responsibility of the company, to name a few. <laughs> no, I think absolutely. And, um, but even I think that, that, that uh, and you mentioned our social media posts for today, our quote from the book about, about treating people uh, with kindness and decency and empathy. 
um, I think that I think you're right. That comes from from where he is as a leader, but it also helps portray his um, skill set, his 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 leadership chops, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, he and he. I think in that section he might have referred to uh, a story about when he was very young and how um, a television studio producer was ugly uh, to him. And yes. uh, I don't, without giving away the whole, the, the whole anecdote, but he says that he <laughs> says that, that, no, but he says that stayed with him forever mm-hmm. and that he keeps that in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you so, know. Mm-hmm. So I would say that there's this, there's this quote in the Bible. that says that a wise man learns from observing, but fools, basically fools rush in. I think that as Bob is has, has recounted some of his like, experiences that he learns from observing he he's a wise man he has learned a lot of decisions that he's made and some that he's not made even his mistakes he's he's observed how people handle things in space and time like rowan and um his dad and experiences in his childhood he he talks about what he learned from observing those things and i think that's powerful not many people um that introspection that self-awareness helps it helps you to be aware of what's around you. And, and I, it's powerful. And it's really laced throughout the entire book about um, his observations or what he saw in a situation or what he saw in someone's face. It creates that empathy that he had with the family who lost their son, you know, and how he was going to handle that and how he put himself in the space of him being a father. And, and, and so all of these things are so important, especially, you know, I guess he would be, still part of a 21st century leader, but I think a lot of those qualities would are good for 21st century leading. Oh, no. As, a, as opposed to like the power and hammer of the 20th century. I think he, uh, and I think he talks about that in his own ascendancy. Um, he observes other leaders around him, which are very, um, I think, very 19th and 20th century style leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and Yes, we're, you know, he's recently, uh, although I guess he's still in the role at the moment, but he's basically stepping down from Walt Disney Company. Um, but he is, he has exhibited and, and, and through his, his tenure and even his rise, he mm-hmm. seems to have exhibited uh, the types of, of characteristics that we do think of as a 21st century leader. It doesn't yeah. mean that, you know, again, there's always going to be examples. I'm always cautious that we're not talking about specifically to the calendar or anything of that nature, but just as time has changed and people have changed and society has changed, mm-hmm. how a leader who can respond to that. So he might have been actually ahead of his time. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, he talks, uh, he talks uh, a lot about um, uh, treating people uh, the same, regardless of uh, mm-hmm. their gender, regardless of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having done that, and he says, you know, he talks about that through the 70s and 80s, that wasn't the case. That was, That's he was, right. He does talk he was, about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. As he was coming up, I mean, he starts off in the yeah. 1970s, right, as a low-level uh, employee at ABC. And, uh, but as he observes other leaders <sighs> that are his bosses in those time frames, he recognizes what's wrong with what, how they're leading. Yeah, there's a there's a part, um, you know, our team is reading this book at our store 
And there's a part in there, and I won't give it away because when you read it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, but that kind of behavior, that kind of like superior, inferior behavior um, towards uh, an incident that happens to him in, in the book. I think, you know, it was pretty explicit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's experientially had dealt with um, that, again, that, that, that lording of power over um, someone who is your subordinate or whatever, um, whether you're weak in terms of gender, race, or position, because people use whatever they have. Um, is he? I love the fact that he talks about those experiences. Yeah. No. I mean, there's, there's. He's he's quite candid. And again, I don't. You know, I I know. I'm sure there's countless other stories he could he could recount, and perhaps you've seen some of them in the master class that aren't in the book, and I have not watched that one. Mm -hmm. But he is. Um, it's on my list. It's a lot of things on my list. Um, <laughs> you know, can't tell me you can. But I do think that. Um, he picks out some interesting lessons and, and the way he writes the book um, is he weaves them in uh, very nicely mm -hmm. as opposed to just, I mean, you know, there's times you wish they were more succinct, but that's just for, that's just for, give me, give me the meat, you know, give me, you know, but as a, um, as a general rule, I like the stories. I like understanding. I like the, 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 the combination um, because I like backstories too. Right. Yes. So I like, so he's telling his origin story um, and weaving the lessons in throughout, mm -hmm. which, uh, which I think is, is, uh, you know, very, very good. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I found that he also, you know, he overcomes a lot of his own, uh, a lot of, um, of crises and he overcomes uh, a lot a lot of issues. Yes, he's leading a very large company, but um, you know, through the through the the deal or no deals of of, of buying things and 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 making deals to acquire companies. Sometimes I, I almost wish he dove into those sort of sub stories a little bit more. That but, might be for book two. But you know, know, you know, Bob could write a whole series of books, and it would still be. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Damn girl. <laughs> I'm waiting for book two. <laughs> Is that what it is? It is. I mean, because then we'll then we'll talk about the acquisitions and the stresses that come from acquiring and growing, you know, too fast or too slow or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, there's a there. I think there's a there's a treasure trove probably of of knowledge. But you know, something else that I thought was really good and and probably and I not pro well. I've got several takeaways, but I'd say one of my takeaways would be that he knew who he was and he knew that he could accomplish the job even to the level like when he found out the degree of how vast disney was and their um what the company owned and what they were truly involved in that he he knew within himself that he had what it takes and i think that's important for every leader that sometimes there are people who say to you you have what it takes but until you know that you kind of walk through leading like a shadow of yourself, but he knew that he had the ability. Um, that's powerful. The anchor, that, that knowing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, having that level of, um, of confidence because quite frankly, we all have, we all have those little voices in our head, those, those, 
um, moments of doubt, those squirrels telling yes. us, you know, all sorts of things. And that's one of the things I try to tackle with the with the Corporate Thought Podcast by telling people's origin stories is to provide relatable moments to newly minted entrepreneurs mm -hmm. um, and people who are just getting started in these things because mm -hmm. I don't want them to give up. I mean, there's many times <laughs> that Bob could have, no, there's so many times that Bob could have given up, right? There's oh so many my times gosh. that Mm -hmm. Bob could have said, nope, I'm good where I am. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's taking jobs that make him leave his kids and move across the country. And then all of a sudden move back across the country and, oh, wait, gotta move back across the country or fly across the country every week for a meeting uh, kind of stuff. A lot of people don't have that kind of determination. Right. Um, or, or a lot of people. See, I mean, the you know. Right. Or see those obstacles, even when he knows at the beginning of the Disney Act was when 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 uh, Capital Cities uh, ABC is acquired by Disney, and he doesn't know if he's going to be the number two or not, mm -hmm. and it's not made very clear to him. But he's like, "Well, um, I could leave, and I've got these opportunities to go do other things, or I yeah. can stick with it and see what happens." Yeah, that stick to itiveness in the face of this entire thing could crumble in my face, and here, okay. here's something else I could do. There's there's um, there's lessons in all of that, and there are uh, lessons again for for people in startup mode or other things to think mm -hmm. about. Not I'm going to be the size of Disney, but that these these voices in your head happen to everybody, yes. no matter how successful yes. or, or not successful. Yes. So that's why I think what was important mm -hmm. about what I said was that the anger of surety isn't about the thoughts you have; it's it's how you harness those thoughts, right? Because you're right, we all have them, you know? Um, <laughs> I had one yesterday. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and sometimes in the morning. And, but we have to, um, you know, we have to take those thoughts captive and, and really inspect them. Um, but it's, it's, it's what's, it's that, it's the core is what I'm saying. When that core is seated, even when we have those thoughts, there's a place that we can come back to. And it does happen over time. When you look at Bob's career, those disciplines and those beliefs were constantly etched into his mind. It was it was a constant of what he told himself. And 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 you know me, only quality thoughts. So even when the unquality thoughts come in. I know there's only quality people. You're gonna have only I said no. only quality thoughts, only quality people. I introduced only quality thoughts to you last week. You weren't listening. Okay. <laughs> so with only quality thoughts. Only quality thoughts, only, only quality people. It is hard, though, in fairness, to sometimes, I think you were going there, to keep the less than quality thoughts out of our head. Yes. Sometimes in moments of stress, as we've been yes. talking about. Sometimes when we're in tired. Moments, yeah. Sometimes just because, even when you're riding on a high, all of a sudden that <laughs> doubt can, 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 doubt can find its way and go, yeah, but what if I can't continue like this? What if uh -huh. this is just a, what if this is the blip? What if everything uh -huh. else is going to suck and I just happen to get lucky for a minute? I mean, uh -huh. that, that concept of luckiness is, can be quite um, daunting and scary. Yes, it can be. That's why I say that we've got to build in. That's why I say that for him at his core was the belief that he could do it. Even when there were doubtful things that came in, that's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, 
again, they're just they're disciplines that happen over time. If you continue, to, if you if you continue to think of only quality thoughts, it's not that the other thoughts won't come in, but as you practice that over time, you recognize them quicker. They don't stay as long as they used to in the beginning. So what we're talking about here is because when you talk about startups, you know, I remember being a, a, a startup, but I still consider I'm not six years in. Um, is that you have this high, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, and you lay the plans, and they're all there, and then there are these life incidents, things that happen, or crises come up, and at my core, I believe that I, I can, it is, I believe that it's what I'm supposed to do, so when those things happen, I'm like, come on, Kesha, this is, this is what we're, this is what we're about, but it was over time, and so I would say to any startup person is that, over time, you have to continue to build quality thoughts in so that they become more powerful than the other thoughts that will show up. You're right. At various times, if you're just sitting down looking at a sunset, you can get a squirrely thought that'll undermine everything else. Right. And what do you do? Yeah. No, I mean, and this is, um, <clears throat> I have been um, quite lucky lately to meet a variety of really interesting people and have them as guests on the corporate thought podcast mm -hmm. and um they come from a variety of, of backgrounds and their their origin stories are all very unique and different i mean yeah. i had um a few weeks ago uh, melanie finnegan on and melanie was talking about how her life disrupted in one in one moment in one split moment from being uh, a prom queen to the next moment being an orphan because her entire family died in a car accident a week later. Um, and how she had all these excuses she could use in her life, but she eventually found, dug her way out of that hole and realized that she couldn't allow those excuses to define her and mm -hmm. have, has built a, an amazing company. Um, mm -hmm. To the, the, this past uh, week's guest, um, uh, Noah Healy, and, uh, and Noah's a brilliant guy it comes through loud and clear when you listen to the podcast. And uh, mm -hmm. quite frankly, I sound extremely dumb in the face of Noah Healy. Uh, that, that alone, in that area, way, yes. Well, that alone is very, is, can be quite daunting when all of a sudden you realize, damn, this guy could, this guy's brain is just on fire, right? And, um, but he has, uh, and I'm not sure it all comes out because we spent so much time trying to unpack and understand what is, what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But, his, you know, he has struggled to, to get something that is quite transformative in to, um, in front of the right people. Hmm. And, uh, he was so happy this week because we released his podcast and simultaneously, uh, in the same week, he found out that all his patents were approved. And That's so, so great. He, yeah. So I think he's a little bit on, on a high at the moment, which is fantastic for him. Mm -hmm. Now he still has to go and get the people to buy into what he's doing and not mm -hmm. just try to crush his idea because he, you know, people who transform, you think, I think about this, um, uh, you know, Bob Iger uh, really uh, was very instrumental in, in taking Disney to the next level. Yes. And he went on this buying streak, right? I mean, he bought up all these companies and he really turned it into a content company. Yeah, it, is, so it is the beast of all content companies mm -hmm. at this point, if you think about it. Um, just all the things that they that are within the portfolio. Um, but I'm sure there are plenty of people who were who were naysayers and telling him that those acquisitions were going to sink his career 
think the company do all these things mm -hmm. and yet he he persevered and, and overcame yes yeah that's good how, I, how, how do you think about that with, with I'm just curious and I don't mean to get into interviewer mode but I'm gonna ask the question so how, <laughs> okay. do you, how, how no because I'm curious I only have asked you that but how do you see that I know that we've talked about the fact that hummingbird is more than a pastry shop and is very and you see yourself as a, as an experiential uh as, as providing experiences right and there's mm -hmm. got to be a name for it but that's what you want to you know you want to the service you want to provide is more than dessert mm -hmm. and you say sweet things in life and you've got other other buzzwords around it but do you find there's times you're like well i could just make macarons i could just that could be that could be enough Yes, like yesterday. <laughs> there are, but well, it's fair, right? I did, again, no, it's fair. There, there could be, like you were saying, that um, it could have been when Bob came, he could have been like, "Oh, Disney's good just the way it is." Uh, there's, there's, there's more. There's more in me. And there's more to what's been given to me, and and while I could do that, there's a place in that that would not be um, satisfying. It, it. It would strip me of a purpose that I know I'm supposed to be to fulfill, not just in my life, but in the lives of people around me. So, um, and where there's a greater purpose, I think you have to continue to pursue that, even in the face of people saying, you know, who do you think you are? A woman on a mission to make the world sweeter. I mean, what do you want me to say? No, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great elevator speech right there. You can I do mean, it in one line like that, that's ideal. And, and not right? just through, right, and we've talked before, you and I, it's not just about making the world sweeter through dessert. It's about making life in its rough places sweeter. I've had incredible privilege of, like you in the podcast, of meeting people in their moments of, you know, death, weddings. I've visited people in hospitals whose children are, 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 are dying. And those opportunities would not have presented themselves in quite the same way had I not had this company. So I get to provide sweets at the intersections of people's most memorable moments. Not always happy, some bittersweet, some extremely sad. Um, but for that reason, I have to continue to create. I love that. That's, that is a, a great explanation for sure. And it also understands why you, why you hold Bob in high regard, because we tend to model ourselves at least somewhat on, on, um, on heroes. And I think fair to say, I think that Bob is a, is a hero to you. Oh, Bob, <laughs> Bob is my hero. Stop gushing. <laughs> so what? Okay. Stop gushing. I, I can't, he, he's my, he's my hero because of his, his realness. See, I, not because it's like some lofty unattainable thing is that I think that you should, should have role models or people who you can follow who exemplify, um, the kind of leader kind of life or whatever it is that you want to um, attain to it won't be exactly right we're still our own individual people but there are qualities there that I extremely admire yes he's my hero yay there you go see what a perfect place we're right in the 31st minute and um, we've and this episode of I mean, we might rename this this show um, you know Kisha Moore fangirl uh, ah, 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 ah. Ah, ah. anyway uh, have an amazing day. You too. Talk to you later. Okay.
Bye. Okay. Bye.